This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to Unprecedented, the new podcast hosted by me, journalist Angelica Malin. Unprecedented times call for unprecedented support. And through this twice-weekly mini-series, I'll be chatting to the leading lights in a variety of fields about how not just to survive COVID-19, but thrive. Whether it's getting a grip on your anxiety, navigating a change in your work situation, or managing your money, this podcast will provide the insights and expertise needed to help you through these strange and challenging times. Brotheridge is a hypnotherapist, coach and author of The Anxiety Solution and Brave New Girl. Chloe has written for The Guardian, Daily Mail and Cosmopolitan and has had over half a million downloads on the Karma You podcast. She's helped thousands of people all over the world with her books, courses and workshops. Chloe, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Lovely to chat to you. So first off, I'd just like to say, how, how are you doing today? I am good. I'm really good. I had a long walk in the park, chatted to a friend just seen a client all my clients are online and they were before anyway so in some ways my life's not that different I'm used to spending quite a lot of time on my own at home writing Mm. books you kind of get used to social isolation doing that so yeah I'm doing pretty well thank you that's good so let's start just by talking about anxiety so obviously you are an expert in anxiety starting with you personally when did you first notice that you had anxiety Yeah, so it started as a teenager. I think probably as a child, I would have described myself as shy or been called shy. And that developed into panic attacks and social anxiety and worrying about everything, you know, through my teens and early 20s. And yeah, helped me back in lots of ways. And it took a long while for me to realize that it was something that could get better I think I thought oh this is just the way I am but actually finally got some help and discovered that I could I could get better and and learn to be calmer but it did take about 10 years of of feeling really quite anxious to get to that point and when you started to to try different things through anxiety what what kind of therapy did you have what tools did you use I have had a lot of different types of therapy and lots of therapists from counseling talking therapy CBT obviously had hypnotherapy. I've been on a lot of different retreats, done lots of different types of meditation, tried lots of things, read books. Um, All of it has been helpful in different ways. And 
um I mean I suppose probably the hypnotherapy was the most helpful thing mm. because it just got me into this deeper state that bypassed my critical mind that was always getting in the way of me absorbing things and taking things on board and I think getting to that deeper level really helped me and I think it's useful when you've got a a very overactive conscious mind to to try to bypass it when you're when you're working on yourself hypnotherapy is amazingly powerful I've only had it a couple of times but the times I have had it I had it quite recently um, when I was just going through a lot of personal drama and upset and it was un- unlike anything I'd ever had before and I know exactly what you mean about your critical mind doesn't kind of get in the way of it in a, in, in a funny sort of way because you are kind of trained to just feel differently about a situation I really couldn't explain it at the time but what happened to me was I was told when to, when I think about someone's name, automatically my brain like would shut it off, and it happened for weeks afterwards, where it almost my brain wouldn't let me actually think about the thing that had been causing me a huge amount of anxiety. It almost overrode that. That's so interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like a rubber band, and it was just snapping every time I thought of that name, and I, my brain was like, "No, we're not going down that path." Like, and I, it was really powerful. I was really surprised by how powerful it was. Yeah, it is quite surprising. So I think we we think about hypnotherapy almost in terms of stage shows or Darren Brown or something but actually it is it does work it definitely works Mm. it's also quite relaxing when you're having it yes yes it's really good if you're someone who finds it hard to switch off or quiet in your mind or even meditate it's quite good if you're someone that really needs to get to that deeper state with the situation at the moment with the pandemic how have you found COVID-19 has affected your anxiety personally and what have you kind of been doing to treat that yeah, I mean, I have to say, I have been okay so far, touch wood. And that's not to say that I don't get anxious from time to time, because I do. But this particular situation, I think because my work is still ongoing, obviously, there's a lot more anxious people for me to be, you know, helping and working with. So that's kept me very busy. And I'm lucky that I suppose I have time to take care of myself. I don't have children. Um, And my heart really goes out to people who have obviously had their livelihoods affected and who are overwhelmed with childcare and that sort of thing. So I feel like I'm one of the lucky ones in this in this situation. Um, But yeah, that's not to say that I don't sometimes feel anxious. Um, I definitely have times when I, you know, struggle with things like anyone, just because I, you know, specialize in anxiety doesn't mean that I'm a superhuman or calm all the time by any means and I also I kind of imagine that for me I think if I was dealing with this topic all day long I think it would also cause a bit of anxiety in me because it's it's not you know you're you're talking about something that is quite personal and I I imagine you have to be pretty good at having your defenses so you don't let it affect you further yeah I haven't found that too much I've I've sometimes um, I'm surprised almost because I I work with people for example for fear of flying and I hear all the specific things that they worry about and I sometimes think will this create a fear of flying in me somehow (laughs) but it hasn't so far fingers crossed it will continue not to I once went to a special yoga retreat for um, people who suffer with anxiety it was like a one-day retreat and it was was something so funny about it because it was so many anxious people in a room and like you said about flying we were having to go around in circles and share the things that made us anxious and then some people were getting so anxious because they were absorbing other people's anxieties it was like some kind of anxiety spiral you know wow. panic about things you've never even thought about before so I think you're in the right place before you absorb that stuff yeah yeah 
So for a lot of people, I imagine that they're experiencing anxiety for the first time. Um, what advice do you have for people that perhaps to deal with it when they're perhaps not used to it? It's not something that they felt before. Yeah, so... So yeah, for for some people, they might have never experienced anxiety and actually learning to know what the signs are of anxiety, I think are important, knowing that it can be very, very physical Mm. and affect you just in a physical way. You know, you might feel mentally clear, but actually your stomach is playing up and you're running to the loo the whole time, or maybe you just can't sit still, you can't focus and concentrate. So I think it's good to to be aware of what the the signs and, and symptoms are. And it is, I've spoken to quite a few GPs recently that, you know, GPs still want people to come in to see them. Well, not coming to see them, but have phone calls with them and get get a diagnosis for something like anxiety or depression or any mental health issues. Don't think that you can't go and speak to your doctor right now because, you know, that service is still available and they still want people to be coming to them with that. But I think as well, it's about learning what your triggers are. You know, is it that? staying up late and not getting enough sleep means that you're more likely to to feel anxious or maybe watching the news is a trigger for you um and also having some tools that work for you and we are all different not everything that someone suggests is going to work for everyone but figuring out what works for you what helps you to stay calm what helps you to feel nourished and and taken care of um or calm yeah just calms your nervous system down I think it's so valuable what you say about knowing what the triggers are because there are things that we perhaps wouldn't even expect to be the thing that are triggering us for example I know that like a couple of the whatsapp groups that I'm in are causing anxiety and it was only really when I sat down and tried to write a list of like what's making me feel so stressed I identified something that I thought was kind of harmless but a couple of them have actually affected me just because of what people are sharing and their their emotions during this time I suppose so it's also people as well it's not just the media we're taking in for example yeah absolutely and and yeah whatsapp anxiety is definitely a real thing um other things can be yeah other things to do with our relationships you know does someone take advantage of you or subtly put you down or dump all their kind of problems on you without without listening to your advice or you know there's so many things that you know around boundaries actually that can come up for people and anxiety you know what are we what are we allowing? I've spoken to a friend recently who'd who left a few WhatsApp groups and she said it was a really hard thing to do, but she had to do it for her own mental well-being. Yeah. And it's the same, I think, with, with social media. I was going to ask you how much you think social media, especially at the moment, is influencing and affecting our anxiety. I know I've muted a lot of accounts that I kind of could feel were affecting me in, in one way or another. Yeah, I mean, for me personally, I delete and reinstall Instagram every day. I delete it when I've done my videos and my posts and my comments, because otherwise it's addictive. You know, it's it's addictive and I'll find myself going on there, you know, possibly, you know, seeing stuff that triggers negative feelings in me or just spending a lot of time and kind of wasting time, I suppose, on social media. So I don't think people have to be as extreme as to delete it. But if you feel like you might be addicted, it's a good strategy because it's annoying having to use Instagram just on Safari uh, compared with the app. And that that puts me off. As lost on it when you're doing it on desktop, can you? So it is a bit of a a buffer. Can you just schedule your posts? Do you have to delete it every day? Um, I do schedule the posts, Mm -hmm. yes. But I'll go on there to post stories and, um, yeah. That sort of thing. But is there a way to schedule stories? I don't know. 
no, you can't schedule stories because I, I schedule most of it on um, on Hootsuite, but you can't do it on stories, which is quite annoying. I agree with you on, on that. But I think that's actually really valuable in that we're told to learn to be better with these things. And I know for me, like, I know myself that I'm not good with certain things and I do have to physically remove them from my presence. So I have to actually switch my phone off. Like if it's in the room, I will pick it up and stuff like that. And I think sometimes we have to be quite strict with ourselves because I don't really have the discipline to actually kind of taking it out away as an option altogether. Yeah. And I think it is addictive. Mm. So we've just got to do what we have to do. It's like if you're an alcoholic, don't have bottles of wine chilling in the fridge make it easy for yourself to stick to you know what you want to be doing do you think women experience anxiety more so a a lot of the stats seem to suggest so so the mental health foundation have found that it's twice as many women as men um i think it's last time i checked 25 percent of women uh feel anxious all or most of the time And that's something like 28% in the younger age group of women. Um, So it's a lot. It's a lot of people. And there's lots of different theories about why that might be um, to do with our brains being slightly different to men's, to do with the messages that we're, you know, given from a young age about appearance and perfection. Um, So many different things that could could be to do with that. And other people might say that it's because men don't, talk about their feelings or they they might call it stress instead of anxiety but yeah from from people that I talk to you know beyond all the stats it definitely seems like it's something that affects women more than men yeah it's interesting you said that's calling it stress I think there's something about the word anxiety that feels more vulnerable to you yeah and so perhaps men are less comfortable with opening themselves up to saying that they're worrying and it's easier and that's something about stress feels kind of more more of a masculine energy in a way doesn't it yeah yeah that you're, that you're busy um and then uh, we, we touched on it with social media but comparison is, is a big thing and I think that that's something that's causing an, an awful lot of anxiety for a lot of people and I think actually during COVID I felt that I've been comparing myself more than I would in normal times I see people being super productive or taking up a new hobby or launching a new project and I, it makes me feel kind of bad about the way I'm spending my time Um, Do you think that's normal? And how do you think we can step away from comparison? Yeah, I mean, comparison is normal. It's wired into our brains to to compare ourselves to other people. Um, And particularly, I think now we're spending more time on social media. We may have more time to ourselves. I mean, obviously not for everyone, but more time to think and for our thoughts to go to, you know, more negative things. Um, I think what's happening when we compare ourselves is that we discount all the things that we have going on. We discount the ways that we are learning things or coping well with a challenge. And it's almost as if we just focus on the good thing, the amazing thing that the other person is doing. So I think it's really good to to come back to acknowledging ourselves more and appreciating ourselves for what we're doing, even though that's just, you know, I appreciate myself for getting showered today because I wasn't feeling in a good way and actually that was an achievement and celebrating that yeah it's easy when you see people doing kind of big things and and your life perhaps feels a bit smaller at the moment or small things feel like a big challenge to discredit those things but I think it's about how you feel when you do them and sometimes basic things like even going for a walk for some people can feel really stressful um I actually wanted to ask about the daily walk because I found personally that I feel less anxious when I'm in my house and then when I leave and I go for my 
daily outing, often for me, that's when my anxiety hits. And I think it's because you suddenly see the reality of the situation. You see people in masks, you see these long queues outside supermarkets. And it's almost like I've forgotten what's actually going on until I leave my house. Um, Do you think that's normal? And what can we do about feeling anxious when we do kind of step out into the outside world? Yeah, I guess we can get into our little bubble or in our comfort zone and actually going out into the world and remembering that things are different can be, you know, triggering. I think it's good to try to get out every day. I think I've spoken to lots of people who are worried about what's going to happen when lockdown ends because they fear that they're going to be scared to go to the supermarket, for example. Um, so I would definitely encourage people to continue to to get out. And even if it feels uncomfortable, just to just to allow yourself to feel uncomfortable, but to 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 do it anyway. And I mean, one thing that people can be doing is pre-visualizing how they want something to go. So if it's about going to the supermarket, you know, just imagining yourself in the supermarket, but feeling relaxed and imagining you're focused on what you're buying, thinking about what you're going to cook later and feeling comfortable doing so. Because when we imagine something, we're creating the same neural pathways in our brain that are going to be the same as when it's happening for real. So we can set a, a positive expectation and make it more likely to happen if we if we pre-visualize it. So kind of imagining yourself calm in that scenario, I suppose. Yes, yeah. Amazing. Um, um... If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
we talked at the start about people that were experiencing anxiety anxiety for the first time and identifying that. Once they have identified that they're feeling anxious, um, what are some of the practical things that you can do to try and calm that anxiety and perhaps things that you can do at home? Yeah, good question. So one thing that's really helpful is recognizing that a lot of anxiety is in our bodies. It's our nervous system that is in fight or flight mode and we feel it very physically. So finding a way to physically release that tension, to release and burn off that extra adrenaline. I love shaking, literally just exactly as it sounds. You put some music on and shake your whole body for a few seconds, a couple of minutes, just to release tension. And it's actually something that animals do in the wild. If you've ever seen I don't know, an animal that has a fright, like a dog that hears a loud noise. Afterwards, that dog will shake its body really vigorously. And what animals are doing is they're discharging the stress and tension. And so we can we can do the same by shaking off. You know, maybe you have an intense Zoom meeting and you just afterwards shake your body for a couple of minutes just to calm your calm your nervous system down. The other thing I think is really valuable is to um write about what it is that we're feeling and thinking because when we put our feelings into words it calms down the amygdala so that's the part of the brain responsible for fight or flight they've done uh, brain scans of people that put their feelings into words and found that it actually does calm this part of the brain down so that might just be describing the anxiety that you're feeling, writing down the thoughts that you're having, thinking about what emotions you're noticing, what what feelings you're feeling in your body, and just putting pen to paper and, and writing that down. And it has been found to be helpful to help us to offload and to process things and to make sense of our thoughts. And I think quite often when we see something written down in black and white, we can get a bit of perspective on it as well. That's, yeah, there's something about writing down, which is such a calming activity yourself, because it feels like you're, it also feels, I think, quite self-compassionate in a way, because you're mm. actually giving yourself the space to, to do it. But one of the lovely girls that works for me has started journaling, and she said I, she does it on her computer, which I think is interesting, because I personally like writing with a pen and paper. But she said she, she does it on email because she likes to be able to sign off, like, I love you or something of that kind, which I think is such a nice thing. She's almost like writing a letter to herself. I love that. That's great. Yeah, it's really, really nice. Because um, I wanted to ask about kindness and compassion. I think so much of our anxiety is because we're being critical with ourselves. Um, how can you identify that? And I guess any tips for managing your inner critic? Yeah, so I would absolutely agree. I would say that is the number one thing that holds us back. The number one thing, obviously it's different for everyone, but it's the thing I see the most in terms of anxiety. It's people being hard on themselves, beating themselves up that inner critic and one of my favorite tools comes from NLP and it's to turn your inner critic into a character so thinking of some kind of character could be from a cartoon or a film something a little bit humorous I like to think of Angelica from the Rugrats (laughs) sorry that it has your name but (laughs) um I don't know if you used to watch the Rugrats but anyway this character is kind of a humorous character and I imagine my inner critic is talking as this character and it helps me to take it less seriously and that's something that I just practice and often do with my clients asking them to think of a character that's relevant for them or it could just be Donald Duck or you know Mickey Mouse something with a funny sounding voice that's going to be hard to take it seriously if you're if you're saying to yourself I'm not good enough in the sound of 
you know, in the voice of Donald Duck, it's easier to to let it go and to let it go into the background instead of taking it so seriously. Mm. It's, I don't know if you're a Harry Potter fan, but it's what they do with their fears. I don't know if you remember the scene where um, Ron imagines a big spider and then that he has to imagine the spider on rollerblades and it can't stay up the spider and it's kind of falling over the place. And that's what they have to do with their fear. They're almost laughing at the things that um, cause them phobia. Amazing, amazing. Well, Angelica from the Rugrats actually is... It, that's funny you say that because that is quite triggering to me because one of the reasons I call myself Jelly is because when I was a kid, Angelica from the Rugrats was so popular and whoever I met, you know, any other kid that I met would say, oh, you're naughty too, like Angelica from the Rugrats. And I had to prove that I wasn't naughty to everyone constantly. Oh, wow. People just call me Jelly. So it's very much does tap into my inner critic. So I might have to steal that character. Yes, yes. <laughs> and what about um, kind of unexpected change, especially work-wise? I think that's what's throwing up so much anxiety for people at the moment, um, especially financial anxiety because something's changing their work. Um, how do we deal with unexpected change? And yeah, how do we navigate that water? I mean, a lot of anxiety is about a fear of the future and a fear of uncertainty. And strangely enough, often when we actually are going through something, we find that we have more resources within us and we can deal with it and we do handle it. And very often we handle things better than we we thought we would. So if people are, are kind of preempting change or wondering if, you know, what the uncertainty is with their work, um, trying to remember that actually you are stronger than you think and you have these resources within you that when things get challenging, you can tap into and in terms of financial worries and that sort of thing, I think I think there's never been a better time to just be really aware of our finances and really pay attention to it. And I know I've been guilty of this in the past to not want to think about financial things or just find it overwhelming or, you know, not really pay as much attention as I should to what's going in and out of my bank account. So yeah. bringing more awareness to that, um, you know, mm-hmm. having a budget, Focusing on what we can control, I think when we when we go through a change, it can feel as if we're not in control of things, and that is a real trigger for lots of people for anxiety. So, what can we control? Can we make a budget? Can we, I don't know, make a list of other ways that we can make income, for example, or um, yeah, anything that you can control, and and you will find things to control. There's always little things that we can control, and that helps us to feel better when we when we can take action on those things. Um, I suppose it's a case of surrendering certain things and then knowing what, what we can because I think it can make you feel a lot more stressed if you're trying to control everything and at the moment so much is out of our reach right now so it's knowing what, what to let go of as well as what to try and control I suppose. Definitely, definitely. I like to end every episode with a couple of questions from social media so I asked my audience what they'd like to ask you Chloe and I've got a few questions lined up. So the first one is from Joe Austin who asks, when you need to keep in touch with the news to know essential information for work and personal reasons, but find the news is making you anxious, how can you keep the balance between keeping informed and not leaving yourself vulnerable? Very good question. Yeah, it is. And I mean, for for some people, the news is just going to be too overwhelming right now. And there is no shame in taking yourself away from watching the news or reading about it for a few days, let yourself regroup and settle down. And if something happens in the world that you really need to know about, someone will tell you. You're not going to be completely in the dark. Someone will tell you. Um, So I would firstly question whether you really need to know 
you know what's going on and if you feel like you really do how can you have some boundaries around it so that might be that you don't watch the news on the telly but you read the news for 20 minutes in the morning just to have your um you know basic headlines um or you limit the news app on your phone there's um on screen time you can limit the amount of time that you spend on different apps so maybe you say right i only want to look at this for half an hour a day or something but definitely have some kind of boundaries there um if you can't switch off from it completely yeah and i suppose you could even ask a friend if you were really struggling you could ask a friend to keep you informed if it was totally necessary so you know someone could tell you if there was a big update you need to know about but otherwise you could kind of tune out of it exactly i think we just gotta you know put our mental health first sometimes and there's nothing wrong with doing that absolutely so next question is from serena chande who asks um as there's more time alone now i feel i'm overthinking more my thoughts are prone to spiraling something I was managing fairly well before are there any tips to help controlling overthinking catastrophizing thoughts and spiraling yeah so I'm, I'm hearing this a lot from people that actually when we when we slow down and we're not so busy things come up to the surface and it is you know more than likely things that we have distracted ourselves from before by keeping busy and always doing things and actually there's something that is wanting to be dealt with or processed or healed that is coming up to the surface to be healed in this time where we've got more space and more time to think so I would really encourage anyone who's experiencing this to get curious about what's at the root of this overthinking and this anxiety because it's an opportunity to really learn about ourselves and um yeah do some healing on on what's really going on for us so it might be about having some therapy to get to the root of things or reading a self-help book that that deals with these topics um, or really writing about, you know, what the root cause could be um, because those thoughts are coming up for a reason. I think anxiety is here to teach us something and we often are running away from that by staying busy, but how can we really listen to what, what that anxiety wants us to learn? Mm, I love that. And I really agree with you. I think it's always trying to signpost towards something in our lives that's perhaps mm. out of alignment. And then the final question is from Lauren John, who asks, how best to deal with some of the physical signs of anxiety, such as unsettled tummy, especially out and about? Yeah, so this is yeah a tricky one because I found for clients I've worked with, with IBS, that anxiety and IBS often go hand in hand. And if you are nervous about needing to, to go to the loo while you're out and about, that can make your stomach worse. It can almost be a vicious cycle. So I would say doing what you can generally to, to calm yourself down, being in a good routine, eating a healthy diet, trying to do some kind of meditation. If you can get yourself into the habit of doing that, that's going to really help generally. Um, but I suppose also, I think there is an aspect of trying to surrender to the fact that you feel anxious um, because very often, I think often people are worried about, um, you know, losing control and really needing the toilet or something when they're out and about or um, going to the toilet in public or something. And um, that, that very rarely actually happens for people in reality. And it's more likely to be a fear than anything else. So how can you surrender to the feeling of anxiety and, and allow yourself to, float with a feeling rather than fighting it 
um, there is something about if we can just allow ourselves to feel whatever we're feeling, even if it's nervous tummy or palpitations, and, and almost as hard as it sounds to do to kind of accept it and float with the feelings, we find that those feelings pass more easily. If we make ourselves wrong for feeling that or try and fight it or tell ourselves we shouldn't be feeling that, it can it can spiral and make us feel more panicked and more anxious. So trying to accept it as much as possible, I think, is I've, good. Uh, so, yeah, so true. I find if I actually physically touch where I feel the anxiety to be existing in me, so mine's usually in my chest, I find if I put my hands there, it feels like I'm connecting and I suppose surrendering to it as well. But that helps me at least identify where where that is coming from, I suppose, or where it's affecting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love just by ending by asking you um, for just five top tips for managing your mental health, especially during COVID. There's a few things we've touched on, but if there's anything in particular, just five, five of the favourite things that you do for your mental health. I do a gratitude journal. So every day I think about, good things that are going on in my life or in the world or with me because that trains us to be more positive when we spend time you know thinking about the good things in our lives um I exercise but I do it for my mind and not putting myself under pressure physically about I don't know running a certain amount of distance or for a certain amount of time I literally just do it to feel better and I find that it's a lot more playful and a lot more enjoyable when I have that mindset um number three writing down thoughts and feelings every day writing down my worries so that I can get them in perspective number four I actually use CBD oil um I find it quite helpful for like PMS type symptoms so I know that some people are on the fence with this but I, I see it as a food supplement and I just include it because may as well And lastly, I meditate twice a day. I do transcendental meditation. And that has been a massive game changer for me and my mental health. I recommend it to anyone. Amazing. Two questions on that. What what brand of CBD oil? Um, I use one uh, by Chloris. Chloris with a K. I like Chloris very much so. They also have a bath bomb. I don't know if you've tried it. Ooh, yeah, I haven't tried that yet. CBD bath bomb, which I really recommend. I mean, if nothing else, a bath is very relaxing anyway. So yes, no harm in it. And then with your meditation, is there a particular app that you use, or do you just um, just do it yourself? Yeah. So with with transcendental meditation, you go and get taught by a teacher over four days. So it's not an app; it's a bit more involved. And then you do it yourself. So I learned, you know, several years ago. Um, unfortunately it's not something that people can go and learn now but as soon as lockdown ends you know you can go and find a teacher they're all over the world um and I think it is helpful particularly if you tried apps to actually have a teacher in front of you that you can ask questions and get help establishing a routine with it I think it's a a little bit more involved and that might be good for for some people that don't get on with apps yeah definitely amazing well thank you so much for coming to talk to me Chloe that's so useful for people and if they'd like to go and find out more about you or follow you online where should they go yeah so I've got some freebies for anxiety on my website hypnotherapy recordings and worksheets and that sort of thing and you can find that at karmau.com forward slash free or I'm on Instagram at Chloe Brotheridge thank you so much thank you If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to rate and review the podcast so more people can find it. You can also follow me on social media at Jelly Malin on all platforms. There's two new episodes out every week, so subscribe now so you don't miss any of the upcoming episodes.
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.